0: Dear Faithful, good morning. There are no announcements this morning, but rather a simple greeting. My name is Canon David Sampaio. I'm a Canon of the Institute of Christ the King, as you can see. And uh, many of you may remember me from my last visit last year. Uh, so this year I've come back to see some good friends, amongst whom are certainly our dear Canons, Canon Heberfeld and Canon Mateus, uh, whom it is a great joy to see. Here in Wausau, and it's always a great joy to be back with you in Wausau. Some of you may know I was actually a candidate not here in Wausau, but in St. Louis in 2012-2013, and Canon Huberfeld was my spiritual director. Just to tell you that your prayers for these young men carry forth fruit. Two years I've been a priest, and I am continually grateful to the prayers of the faithful who held us up spiritually. So thank you for your prayers for these young men. When Canon Huberfeld extended to me his kind invitation to preach to you this morning, I immediately asked his permission to speak to you about a topic very dear to me, and that is Our Lady of Sorrows. And seeing as how we have just celebrated her feast day this week, he happily agreed. But as Father Faber tells us in his masterpiece on the topic, entitled The Foot of the Cross, Every one of the seven sorrows of the mother of Jesus is truly a world unto itself. And so this morning, I invite you to come with me and to explore the world of the third sorrow, the three days' loss of Jesus in the temple. The shades of evening had fallen on the earth, before the two bands of men and women met at the accustomed halting place, the bustle of the halt, the cries of the crowd, the preparations for the evening meal, all of that died out of their ears. Mary and Joseph were suddenly alone, alone amidst the multitude, more lonely than two hearts had ever been. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Amen. In contemplating the seven sorrows of the Virgin Mary, there is something very important that we have to keep in mind. Rather than being seven individual moments of sorrow that interrupted the normal course of her life, these mysteries were merely seven crescendos of pain in a life filled to the brim with suffering. In particular, when we immerse our souls into the terrible mystery that was the three days loss, it seems quite clear that it was almost certainly the greatest of the seven, the greatest sorrow of Our Lady. But how can this be, you may ask? How can a separation of only three days be compared with the agony she endured while witnessing the passion and the crucifixion of her son? Of course, for her Immaculate Heart, this temporary loss was certainly a cause of unthinkable pain. But it was over quickly, only three days after all. And all was well in the end, wasn't it? And indeed, during the life of the Virgo Dolorosissima, it is indisputable that Calvary was the summit of her work of co-redemption. Surely, what greater tragedy could there be for a mother than the death of her child? However, we must remember that Mary was a mother of, unlike any other. Her relationship with her Divine Son is unique to her and to her alone in all of the history of motherhood. And not only because her Son was God, but above all, because she foreknew her Son's destiny. Her ineffable union with the Holy Spirit combined with an unceasing meditation on the Scriptures, meant that at the moment of her fiat, she clearly understood the reason for the coming of the Son of God. She knew very well, as Venerable Fulton Sheen was so fond of reminding us, that every other person who ever came into this world came in it to live. But Jesus came in it to die. At the foot of the cross, Mary knew that the moment would soon come when He would suffer no more. She triumphed in the accomplishment of the great work of the world's redemption. She could count the hours to the moment of the resurrection. On the other hand, during the course of the third sorrow, she lost Jesus as she lost Him on Calvary but with the difference this time that she did not know why. All the saints and the doctors of the church concur in telling us that all the torments that this life can offer are nothing compared to the terrible ordeal that is the dark night of the soul. And the moment that Mary knew that Jesus had disappeared... Her soul was plunged in a dense spiritual darkness. Father Faber thus sums it up for us. The misery of her inward darkness was that she no longer seemed to understand her son. And that was the only light that she wanted. During those long three days, deprived of all human certainty. A host of questions rushed through her mind at every moment. The union of their two hearts forged throughout twelve years of sweet intimacy. Had it all been for naught? Was it all a lie? Was she to see Jesus no more? Had He forever veiled now that beautiful heart of His? Had He gone back to His Father? Had Archelaus perhaps resolved to continue the murderous work of his father Herod and finally succeeded in capturing him? Had she perhaps mistaken the date of Calvary? And was it to come now? Was the boy not hanging on a cross in that very moment? She knew nothing. And all of that is but a brief outline of the doubts that beset the mother of the Savior. For the first time in her life, the only certainty she had about her son was that he was the Savior and that he was God. But let us note at once that all these interior tribulations could do nothing but lightly graze the unshakable peace of her most pure heart. The perfect control that she possessed of her soul meant that whatever her body felt on account of her inner suffering could not in some way distract her from her pain, like us. On the contrary, and just like our Lord in the Garden of Gethsemane, her immaculate self-mastery only increased her pain, forcing it higher into the utmost regions of her soul piercing our mother to the very core of her being. Moreover, what was once her title of glory, the only perfection she chose to highlight during her Magnificat, namely her humility, became the source of a very special suffering. For the dark night of the soul of its nature is normally a trial that exists for the purification of the just and of the saints. But Mary underwent it while having nothing to purify. She felt as if she was being punished, but without having anything to reproach herself for. And this created an insufferable tension within her. During those three days, she was crucified in the darkness as Jesus would one day be. In passing, let us also remember the terrible burden that must have weighed on the soul of Saint Joseph. For in addition to the torment of losing his little Jesus, since he knew that his wife was perfectly blameless, it seemed only too clear that that beloved child had abandoned them because of him. Alas, he must have said to himself in his great humility, my imperfections were too much for him to bear. He is gone now. And my dear wife is in agony and it's my fault. My dear friends, it behooves us greatly to cherish this mystery of the third sorrow. For just like all the sorrows of Our Lady, it harbors in its depths profound riches for our souls. For it is here that we see that she is not only the Stella Matutina, the morning star, but even more so that she is the Stella Nocturna. She is our captain in the night. When we find ourselves in darkness, assailed by doubts, about our vocation, or about God's love for us. Helpless and wounded in the tough times of our marriage, lost and weak amidst the trials of this life, and especially when we are left gasping for air during times of spiritual dryness, rest assured, no one knows these tenebrous shores as she does. No one. She has already crossed these waters in the luminous simplicity and the unshakable strength of her soul. But let us beware. We shouldn't fool ourselves at the same time. We should not take for mystical trials what are in truth very often rightful punishments for our own infidelity. For in this case, as Father Faber tells us, we have lost Jesus, not in a mystical darkness of soul, but in the weakness of a worldly heart. And yet, even if we have indeed sinned, there again this mystery reveals to us a shining light on Our Lady. For it was during those three days that she truly learned what sin is. That is, what it is to lose Jesus. She realizes what it is far, far better than we do. And she weeps for it, alas, far, far more than we do. Therefore we have but one thing to do. We must search for him whom we have lost. But here again the good father Faber has some advice for us Full of Salesian wisdom And he says Jesus may not allow us to find him all at once He probably will not But we must not be precipitate, hasty in our search We must not run We must walk We shall miss him if we run We must not do violent things to ourselves, although we richly deserve them. We must be gentle, and sorrow will give us gentleness. My dear faithful, however overwhelmed we may be under the weight of our sins, I beseech you, take courage and be of good heart. Mary will teach us to find Jesus. It was only once in the entire Gospel that the Holy Spirit allowed her to reveal the anguish of her heart. And it was here, in this mystery. Dolentes queribamuste. We have been seeking the sorrowing. We can be sure then, that God permitted this in order to show us that even if we have lost Jesus, or simply lost sight of Him, Mary stands by us. Immaculate though she is, she is also our sister, and above all, our mother. If God allowed her to feel abandoned by Him for a time, He did so, so that she would be firmly resolved never to abandon us. Mother of sorrows, pray for us. Stay with us, and never let us lose you. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Amen.